The following episode was recorded before March 2024, and while the content shared is valuable and useful, it features Rob, who is no longer involved in the business. Hey, it's Rob and Kennedy. Hello. Today on the Email Marketing Show, we're asking the question, you've got a lead magnet, now what? You know, you've got to have a lead magnet to entice people to join your email list and become a subscriber. And we all obsess over creating a really great lead magnet. But when you've invested all that time, energy, excitement, and money in having a great lead magnet put together, it's pretty disheartening sometimes to sit and look at it and go, yeah, but now what do I do? Now, when this podcast comes to an end, we don't want you to feel like you're all alone with loads of questions and trying to figure out, yeah, but what about me and my business? So come and share what it is that you are working on specifically. Tell us and get stuck into the training and the resources that you'll find over in our fabulous free Facebook community. There's some alliteration for you. Fabulous free on Facebook. It's called the Email Marketing Show Community. Just hurl open Facebook, search for the Email Marketing Show Community, and lo and behold, it'll be right there. Come ahead and join us. And if you want, to. You can even join our email list. It's not required, but you can if you want. Yes. So he got told off for dyeing a Greek hotel pillowcase pink. That's really difficult to say. It's hypnotist Robert Temple. And he worries about things he doesn't know, but he doesn't know what he's worrying about. It's mind reader Kennedy. Let's start the show. Okay. What happened with this Greek pillowcase? Were you in Greece at the time? Yeah, I was, yeah, because <laughs> my hair's not that big. Um, I was, you know, I used to live in Greece, but the year after I moved back, I went out there on holiday, and I went and stayed in a hotel I'm not staying And uh, sure enough, went to sleep, and obviously, the way it used to dye my hair, sometimes I'd dye the pillowcase pink, so I was lounged by the pool, and a very angry hotel manager came over to me, wielding a pink pillowcase that the cleaner's obviously gone and given to me. Fortunately, I, he said this is going to cost a fortune to have a loan, but fortunately, anybody loaned it was close to live there, so I just wanted to go and have a dog. Hello friends and fellow email marketing heroes. Yes, it's Robin Kennedy and we are here every single week giving course creators, coaches and membership site owners everything that you need to do psychology-driven email marketing and become the email marketing hero of your business. This week's episode is sponsored by ResponseSuite.com. That's us. The survey, quiz, and application form tool that we created to specifically help small businesses like you and us to integrate your marketing systems into a survey and make you more sales, segment your subscribers, understand people better. You can take a 14-day trial for just a dollar over at ResponseSuite.com. Get the whole thing set up in your business and working fabulously. If you haven't already, make sure you don't miss out on another episode of the show. We are here every single week, so make sure you smash the subscribe button on your podcast cast player and you'll get a little notification when we release a new episode right as you're listening to this right now take a photograph of you listening to it like a selfie or if you're on your phone you could take a screenshot on your phone of the actual podcast episode itself you could do that if you haven't done your hair this morning and then you go ahead and share that on social media tell us what you're listening to tag us at robin kennedy on instagram or on twitter so that we can see what you're listening to and what your big takeaways from the episode are lovely so we all obsess over list building we all want more subscribers i think one of those things we all understand is by having people on your email list of course that the point is we nurture them 
them and we turn them into, into customers. We're obsessed with that. But one of the big things I think a lot of people, and I've certainly got disheartened over, Rob, and I'm sure you have as well, is you spend a lot of time coming up with a great new way of enticing people to join your email list. You you come up with a new quiz. You might use something like Response Suite to like build a quiz or something like that. Or you come up with a new PDF or something really jazzy and you, it looks gorgeous and you're really proud of it and you put your heart and soul into making something that isn't just the same old drivel that everybody else puts out. And then you put it up on the page and you give people the opportunity to put their email address in and get it. And you sit back and you go, right, now what then? Now what? Yeah. 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 And I think it, it is it is a situation where creating the lead magnet and building a landing page and all of that stuff is relatively prescribed as a process. Like you're going to get some kind of page building thing and you're going to make a page. You're going to create your lead magnet following whatever thing you've done to do that. You're going to put that on the internet. But then you do end up in this place of, oh, I've just got to this fork in the road and now I'm not sure. Do I go that way or do I go that way? And what do I do? I mean, I've only got me nan and me aunt and me dog subscribed to me list. So, oh, that was just a test it out. And I'm on there nine times with nine different email addresses to help test that out now now you know who 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 where do i go from here once i start to actually get real subscribers who might buy and that's the thing i think what we're going to remember and we've got to just remind all of ourselves whether it's in this business or another business you might start at some point or a thing you might do in the future we all had that very faithful day when we went to an email marketing platform's website and we we joined for the first time we put our credit card information in we signed up And we logged in and we looked at the interface, we looked at that dashboard and went, bloody hell, where is everything? What am I supposed to do? And we saw how many subscribers uh, have you got? And it says a really round number, a nice, nice round, no one. And then uh, there was another day when we all got our very first subscriber who wasn't us. And we've, uh, there is nobody who hasn't had that moment. Like nobody is gifted an email marketing list that doesn't usually happen unless you purchase a business and that's not usually our work. Uh, the only exception to that is this man who keeps trying to sell me Viagra by email. He definitely he definitely got his list from somewhere that wasn't one by one. But apart from him, everyone else does it. And here's the thing, you know, subscribers never come in by the thousand. And I think this is an important distinction. You might look at somebody like in 10 years time or a year's time, you might have a business where you get, I don't know, 10,000 subscribers a day joining your list, but they're still coming in one at a time one by one in single file. Even if you've got so much traffic flooding in, they are still coming in one person at a time. So bear that in mind. You're never going to get away from the fact that you're going to be adding subscribers singularly one at a time. The other thing on that, of course, is the fact that we're, this this journey of list building never finishes. Kennedy and I haven't gone, right, that's enough subscribers for us now. Thank you. Let's close the doors. Close the doors. Delete the landing page. Delete the, la- is the landing page deleted. Doors to cross-check. Imagine. Uh, doors to manual and cross-check. Like, that's not going to happen, is it? We're going to constantly be looking for more subscribers because we want to make sure that you know we're always cleaning out the people who are not responding anymore and replacing those with with newer more engaged and active subscribers and of course you know we, we want to make sure we're constantly doing that so never feel like somebody else is ahead of you because they've got x number of subscribers because actually they're looking for oh well, where can i get some more from so that's an important thing as well one of the big things you all got to remember as well is unlike any social media channel unlike instagram or twitter or facebook pages or anything like that your facebook groups or whatever is 
when someone joins your email list, they don't know how many other people are on your email list. Like, your first Instagram follower, well, hot damn, they know they're your first one because they can see how many how many other people are, are, are following you. On your email list, they don't know if it was, if you've just put that page live, they don't know. Like, they have absolutely no idea. So, when you start when you start emailing your list, well, first of all, start from the moment you've got your first subscriber. We say that a lot, don't we? We say, we say you've got to start the, exactly the way you're going to go on because they don't know. And I've sort of, we have sort of two thoughts about this, and they almost sound like contradictory, but I think they'll make sense. Is you want to treat that email list as if it's a list of a hundred thousand people or ten thousand people from your very first subscriber, but at the same time. You actually want to treat even a list of 10,000 people as if you're writing to one person. Because unlike social media, when you write an email, it is received and read, consumed, understood, and connected with as a one-to-one communication. So with those emails, I start off with, hey guys, oh god, guess what, I'm not guys. I'm me. And so when I when you, people receive that email, do you know what it is? If you can write your first email as if it's going to one person because it is going to one person, and the longer you can cling on to that ability for, if you can stay, like if it, it continues to feel like you're speaking to one person, even when you have got a bajillion people subscribed to your list, then you are winning. I mean, I've been surprised in the past when I felt like this person's got this lovely little business and they're really canny and they're they're nice. and They've got what? 2,000 customers or, you know, whatever. It's quite amazing. Yeah, I think and there's something in that, you know, maybe we always say you should treat that list of one like it's 100,000, but maybe actually you should always treat it like it's a list of one, but get on with it as if you had a, a list of 100,000 people. Because from a writing style perspective, for sure, as Kennedy says, you want to be emailing this to people so that it feels personal and it feels connected just to them. But from a point of view of not waiting until you've got a list of X, we've talked about it before on the show for definite, but the first list I ever built, I decided I would wait till I got 10,000 subscribers before I really emailed them very much. So I did lots of free list building strategies. Paid traffic was less of a thing then. Um, So I did lots of free list building strategies. And over the course of about 12 months, built that list or nine months, built that list to about 12,000 people. And then when I started emailing them, they were unsubscribed in droves because they weren't used to hearing from me. They certainly weren't used to being sold anything. And therefore that just backfired massively, wasted nine months. That list effectively just became redundant and I had to just get rid of it and start again. And that's a terrifying learning curve. But I think you have to realize that I've got this person now I'm going to start emailing them and it feels like a waste of your time. It feels like a waste of your time to write an email that you're never going to send again because that's today's email and you're going to send it to one person or five people or six people. I know that but it's a small investment in your time now to get the commitment, to get the focus, to get the practice at being bad. Like find somewhere to be bad while you're getting your getting your fingers on the keyboard and figuring it out. You definitely want to be doing that while you're emailing five people versus emailing 100,000 people later. Yeah, I mean, one of the things, we, I just want to bring up that idea of being bad. This is a thing that in the world of comedy and entertainment comes up a lot. And famously, Jay Leno had this club he used to go to uh, in New York before his show every each week or however often it was. And he would go and just run the jokes out for the show in this place, which was his place to be bad. Because when he's on television in front of millions of people in his audience, that's a terrible place to be bad. Whereas in some 
underground comedy club where there's maybe 60, 200 people. You can go on there and some of your jokes can hit. And guess what? Those are the ones that make it to the TV show. And some of the jokes that bomb, I just don't quite land properly. Guess what? They never see the light of day quite literally. So the great news is on your first few subscribers, that's your underground comedy club before you embarrass yourself in front of a whole bunch of people. So building your list and having a place to be bad in front of less people, hey, it's better to suck in front of less people and get your training training wheels off while you're in front of less people than, hey, imagine if, like, the Tour de France and there's somebody there with their, with their bloody training wheels on going, right, I've, I've not quite figured out this, uh, this, this cycling thing, but I'll give it a whirl. It's a terrible place to do it, isn't it? So that's the first thing is, is really about... Treating them and setting up your systems as if it's 100,000 people, so you're ready to scale, and you're programming your mind to be like, I'm going to scale this. But emailing and doing the content as if it's always to one person. The next piece of this puzzle is really about the elements, and there's one, two, three, four elements to doing this email marketing and building a business that you need to take care of. And we really wanted to to spend some time with you sharing them today because I think that a lot of people just see it as sort of email marketing as one thing, and it really is not. You have to have these four elements in place. So one of them, as we've already talked about, is having a compelling reason for people to join your email list. That's the list building bit. The reason that someone should give you their email address, the value they're going to receive. It's your lead magnet, it's your opt-in page, it's your bribe offer. That's great, but actually that on its own will not make you any sales and it won't even get you any subscribers. It doesn't work without the other elements of this. And the first piece is audience. The metaphor that I like to use is that if you go on stage at the London Palladium Theatre, one of the most prestigious theatres in the world, if you walk on stage and you talk about this incredible thing that you do, but the room is empty, then you may as well not have bothered walking on stage or even getting excited about being on the stage at the London Palladium. What you need is an audience. I think one of the things that people probably misunderstand is that list building is an audience building activity. And it can be, like it is, like you can get people there, but it's actually easier in this day and age to have the audience built somewhere else and then give them the opportunity to join your list. So for example, right now, listening to this podcast, if this is your first time listening to an episode, and if it is, welcome. But at some point, you listen to your very first episode of the Email Marketing Show, whether it was the very first episode or whether it was two weeks ago, you've definitely had a first episode. And that means you're now in our audience. Now, if you come back and listen to another episode, I'm going to rephrase that, when you come back and listen to another episode, that that means that you're now, I mean, you're well and truly in our audience now, right? You've, You've listened to an episode of the podcast, or you've listened to so far 14 minutes of an episode of a podcast. And so you're in this now, you're in our audience. And at some point, you're probably going to come and join our list if you enjoy what we say and the way that we say it. If you don't, then you'll leave and never come back. And that's okay too. But you know, if you come and join our free Facebook group, you'll have the opportunity to join our list. And therefore, we're building our audience elsewhere using the podcast and social media and our Facebook group and all of that stuff, our Twitter chat, all the things we do that build an audience. And all of them, they all point to our lead magnets. They all point to our free group, which is one of our lead magnets. They all point to somewhere where you can come and give us your email address and get onto our list, which means we're not reliant on the one 
free thing we give away, building our audience and converting people. Let's remember, email is a currency now like any other. People like need their email address to be respected and they're a little bit more wary about who they give their email address to. We all are. And so that means that actually, if you use list building as an audience growth mechanism, you're expecting people to come into your world, trust you and transact with you in one go. Whereas with our, you might be listening to our podcast for a while before you say, actually, do you know what? I like these guys. I'm going to go ahead and join their, I'm going to join their list. I'm going to join their group and get onto their email list. So this gives us the ability to nurture a relationship before we ask you to commit your email address. And the thing is, in your audience right now, if your audience is only your email list, then that is only an audience that you have built and you own. The problem is there's not that many people there. There are way more people on Instagram than are in your current email list. There are way more people on Twitter than are in your email list, etc., etc. On Facebook, on podcasts, at events, at... It's not just online social media platforms we're talking about. We're talking about other places. So when we give guest trainings into other people's communities, again, we're being exposed to new audience. So what are the platforms that are outside of you, outside of your world, where you can build an audience? And this is where we get to hire social media experts. This is where we get to hire PR agencies. This is where we get to hire guest blogging agencies to go and guest blog on other people's blogs and bring people back to us. Where you get to go to where your audience already is and put you, your value, your expertise, your your knowledge, sharing and giving value in front of them. So the first step of the journey that someone goes on with you to become a customer of yours is to be to be found within an, a pre-existing audience. Then you're going to move them and tell them about your great lead magnet. So that's the second part of the journey. The third part of the journey is about then how do you turn somebody who's now on your list into the really important piece of the puzzle, which is a customer. And that is just for them to do something we call take out their wallet, show us they've got a credit card, and that they know how to use it. And that is turning that person into the first-time customer. That's the next piece of the puzzle. And what you're really looking for here is what's like the low-hanging fruit sale in your business? What's the thing that you can make an offer for, for like your core front-end thing that you just want people to buy? Just because if they buy that, that means they really understand you. They really understand your stuff. They really understand why they should work with you going forward. They're more likely to buy other things going forward because now they understand that core stuff that's in that product. What's the first thing that you can get them to buy? And so we use our, our train carriages approach that we've talked about on the podcast before uh, when we talked about how to make sales with email fast. Faster. You're really looking to do that. And here's a key thing, again, that lots of people don't really suss out, is that that stuff really does need to be in place very quickly, but just either just after you get your first subscriber or ideally have it in place a little bit before. I know it feels like a lot of work to put uh, to invest into building something before you've got anyone going through it. There are two advantages to having it in place straight away. The first one is it means it's done. A lot of the time we find people get to the point where they've got hundreds of subscribers or maybe a couple of thousand. In fact, I had to have a difficult conversation with somebody the other day who said, look, I've got 2000 subscribers. I haven't really emailed them very much, but I've started to email them now about my products and I'm just getting a bit of a lackluster response. Like people are people are opening the emails, but they're not really clicking. 
And when we dug into it, I said, well, how long has it, has it taken you to build this list? And they went, well, I've sort of built it, give or take, over like the last two or three years. Okay, great. How often do you email them? Well, not really at all, just with notifications about the odd thing I've got going on here and there. And I said, so basically what's happened is you've waited till you've built that list of 2,000 people without them really going through anything, and therefore they haven't been trained to click. So you want to make sure that you have your first couple of automations in place that are designed to let them know you're going to hear from us, we're going to send you stuff. And if you don't have those in place from the first subscriber or the second subscriber or within the first few, you'll very quickly find that your list gets to a couple of hundred people. And by that point, I'm sorry to say, it's not too late, but it's it's like almost too late. Like it's difficult to revive those customers once they've got past, they've, they've sort of, it's a bit like if you, if you, if you get a dog and you get a dog who is several years old, training that dog is much harder than if you'd got that dog as a puppy and started immediately. And the same thing happens with your subscribers. You can end up very quickly in this weird place where actually I'm not, I'm not totally sure what's going on here. So that's really, really important. It's, it's absolutely massive. So we need to have it so that right from the get-go, it doesn't have to be difficult. Like our way of, of getting people to understand what our initial product is, is literally a case of like six or so emails. It does not have to be absolutely massive. So, so that first thing is how do you turn subscribers into customers? And you're going to do that and you have to think about what are all the things I need to do in order to get a subscriber to trust me enough in the world of the lowest levels of trust ever. What do I need to do to get them to trust me enough and understand why they need my product or service in order to make them a first-time customer? We do. We use two things to do that. The first thing is our getting to know you sequence, which is all about building trust, authority, showing that we're not perfect. If you're on our email list, you'll have been through that. It's a four-day email campaign. Members of the league, our membership, well, obviously you've got access to the entire template and the and the training around why that all works. And you'll see that it's all about building trust, building authority, so that people actually want to buy something from us at all, ever. Even if it's not the first thing we offer them. Then we go into this thing we call this overture campaign, which is all about introducing the core product. Right. Awesome. So... That's the really that's the first thing we want to get people into becoming a first time customer. And then the final stage of this is turning customers into repeat customers because there's not many businesses around will actually become even sustainable never mind successful. Not nobody not many businesses will actually be able to stick around at all if they don't turn customers into repeat customers and increase the LTV, the lifetime customer value, okay? Um, so what is the lifetime value of a customer and how can you start turning these people who've paid you once and, and they've shown you, oh, I, I like what you do, I like the way you do it and I have a big enough problem that needs solving that I'm going to pay for the solution to that problem. You've you now know that these are highly qualified people and how do you say to them, I've got, I can help you more. I can help you more with this. Here's some more products. Here's some more services. Here's the things that I can do and turn them into increased value customers up some kind of value ladder as it's, as it's known. So it might be they start off. So for, for us, for example, our first thing we offer everybody is our daily email strategy. Okay, so if you haven't seen this already, and if, you, if you're not a member of the league, you can, you can get this by going to, you can just see how we do it. The thing we offer is at emailmarketingheroes.com slash D 
D-E-S, and it stands for Daily Email Strategy, D-E-S. EmailMarketingHeroes.com slash D-E-S. And that's the first thing we offer people because we know that at the point of somebody deciding, actually, I'm interested in learning how to send an email every single day or as often as every single day if I wanted to, and I want to know how to not run out of ideas, and I want to know how to do it in a way that doesn't come across as pitchy, becomes a, but, but actually mixes value and offers. If somebody buys that offer we know they sufficiently understand and are on the same path as us and as the rest of our teaching. So then when we offer them other things in the future, they're going to really enjoy those things. So how do you turn single customers into repeat customers? And that might be through a membership where they, they pay you regularly, or it might be through other offers in any kind of Ascension funnel. Now, the other thing that a lot of people do here is that they wait too long between getting one sale to make the next offer. And I'm not talking about funnels of upsells and downsells. That's all taken for granted. Most people do that. But in terms of moving people from one thing into the immediate next offer. So just for full transparency here, when somebody buys our complete daily email strategy, there are some upsell offers that if you want to grab them, you can. They're totally optional. They're good. And we definitely recommend them, obviously. That's why they're there. But they are optional. And then once you've bought the daily email strategy and or the, the upsells, we only wait a few days, in fact, a couple of days before we'll then send you another email saying, by the way, we've got this other amazing thing called the league. Do you want to join it? And now that turns you into a repeat customer in two ways. Once because you've bought more than one product, but also because you're now paying monthly because the league is a monthly membership. And you know, you're know you rewarded for that by the fact that you've always got the latest what's working now content. And so and our coaching and things. And I think that what's what's valuable about that is that we've noticed that even though you most people will not have bought the daily email strategy, logged in, watched the two-hour training and implemented it in the, in the time between them buying it and being offered the league, that does not inhibit our ability to sell the league at all because people get lots of value out of buying the thing as much as using the thing and getting the ultimate benefit out of it. Like once people enjoy buying stuff, like that's just a fact. I love buying things and so do you because everybody does. So we like buying stuff. We get pleasure out of buying it and feel good about buying it. People will buy the next thing whilst they're, and they're more likely to do it if you make that offer fast than if you take ages over it. If you say, well, I'm going to give them two or three months to look at my product. And then honestly, by that point, they'll have moved on. They'll be looking at somebody else and somebody else will be selling them things instead of you. So what don't give them weeks or days even to think about buying it or think about looking at the thing. Well, maybe I'll look at the thing. Maybe I'll schedule some time to look at that thing next month. Just get on and make the next sale. You've got to turn people into repeat customers and you've got to do it quickly. And people are willing to buy stuff that fast. So let's take a look at all of those stages again. You've got to build an audience. Then we've got to turn that audience into subscribers through a really great lead magnet. Then we've got to get the first sale. And then we've got to turn those first sales into repeat higher value sales by having repeat customers. If you get those four stages down, then you've got a really good process of actually doing something with that lead magnet that you labored over and poured so much love and effort. With that, let's go into the next feature of the show. Subject line of the week. Subject line of the week. I'm going to break the rules today, Rob. I'm going to break the rules by it. talking about a principle of subject lines that were evidenced in two lines that I did uh, just the other the other day, actually, throughout this, this, this last week. So there's two subject lines I'm going to give you that have something in common I wanted to talk about. The first subject line is... Did she have to do this at 4 a.m.? Question mark. And the word this is an uppercase. Did she have to do this at 4 a.m.? And the second one is, we made a bedside table with these. And the word these is an uppercase. 
I want to talk about these because the uppercase, the, the idea of using uppercase letters is really interesting. And we see a lot of people using uppercase in the wrong word in a subject line. And what we've got what we've got here is we want to drive a lot of curiosity. The whole point of, I mean, did she have to do this at 4 a.m. was talking about Nova, one of the one of the kittens. Uh, she she was scratching my beautiful uh, secret labs chair at the middle of the night. And so um, so I leaped out of bed hearing an awful sound. And um, we made a bedside table out of these is uh, Emma and I have taken uh, the theatre show tickets that we've that we've been to see all these different shows. And we've we bought a, a second hand um, charity shop bedside table. And covered it in in these theatre tickets, so we made that we made a, 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 a table out of a bedside table out of theatre tickets. But the really important thing here is, I did a lot of people would by default, I think, highlight the word bedside table, or um, did she, uh, at, uh, did did she have to did she have to do this at four a.m. or did she have to do this at four a.m. would have been would have been the sort of the default place I think a lot of people would have gone to. Whereas if you make it about the what did you have to do? Like, what's the reason that the person has to open the email? Remember, one of the one of the things that a subject line has to do is get the email opened. If it's not doing that, it's really not doing one of its core jobs. So this at 4 a.m. means I have to open it up to find out what this is. Or we made a bedside table out of these. What are these? So that's a really great place to use emphasis in in a subject line. That's a smashing... Subject line, line of the week. week. Subject line, line of, of the week. week. My finger was miles away from the button. I felt like I was. You know when, you, when, you, when people have to talk about having a car Ooh. accident and they can see it all happening slowly. I could see my finger moving off the table and slowly pressing subject line of the week. <laughs> Uh, so as we mentioned a couple of times in this episode, but if you want to find out our entire strategy and everything that we do to send an email as often as every single day, you don't have to do it every day, but you should, uh, but as often as every single day and have people love it and never run out of ideas and have people reply and say, thank you for sending me this email, even though you're selling stuff in a hundred percent of them, then make sure you go and check out our complete daily email strategy. We'll give you the whole full shebang, the full works. Just go to emailmarketingheroes.com forward slash D E S that's D S for da- daily email strategy just checking uh and <laughs> make sure you subscribe to the podcast as well and share it with somebody else who might enjoy this fabulous content i've said fabulous four times in this episode hope you noticed uh, well not, it's not a drinking game but of course you want to think about how you apply building an audience building your list with a lead magnet making that first sale and making repeat sales to your particular business because we know your business is different and the way your audience and your market responds is different come and hang out with us in our free facebook group just go to facebook and search for the email marketing show community and we'll see you in there that's it we'll see you next week Fabulous. Yeah.